We are on Yavamos, the very, very bottom of Kuchesam Abayz, the last line on 108b, moving on to 109a, as we begin a new Mishnah. And this Mishnah, again, it's back to some of the classic Yibam topics uh, that we'll, we'll be having for the next couple of pages. Uh, <coughs> but there's definitely other uh, topics and ideas that are mentioned as well. So the Mishnah says, "Hamagaris is Aisha beChzira Muteres liyabim." Rabbi Lazar Oser, following situation: uh, a couple gets married, husband, wife, and they're married. Then they get divorced, uh, and then they remarry. There's no problem with remarrying. The whole problem with remarrying is if the wife marries somebody else in between, so then she can't return to her husband. But the case here is where she wasn't married to anybody else in between, and so then they get remarried. So then the husband passes away without any children. The first position, the Tanakama, is of the opinion that you could do Yibam. There's no problem with doing Yibam. Rabbi Lazar says, no, you're not allowed to do Yibam in that scenario where the couple was married, they got divorced, then they remarried, and then the husband passed away. You cannot do Yibam. Why can't you do Yibam is a big question. We'll see in the Gemara. Why, what's, so what's this idea? Why can't you do Yibam? Just because you got divorced. In the end, they, they were married. They got remarried. So there'll be four different explanations found within Rabbi Lazar. So we'll get to that uh, momentarily. Similarly, So similarly, and this is why it's mentioned in this chapter, in this parak, is because it discusses uh, marrying somebody who is a katana, who is a minor. She's a minor. So similarly, what happens if they first got married? Let's say her father married... Uh, sorry. Uh, her mother or her brother married her off. So it's a rabbinic marriage. They got divorced, and then they got married again. According to the first opinion, you could do yibam. Sure, you could do yibam on a rabbinic level. This is a marriage, so on a rabbinic level, you could do yibam on a rabbinic level. Rabbi Lezer says, no, similarly, it's not allowed because they first got divorced. Last case is Katana This last case, everybody agrees that you're not allowed to do yibam. This case is where the father married off the daughter. If the father marries off the daughter... That marriage, the daughter who's a minor, uh, that daughter is uh, married on a biblical level. That works on a biblical level. It's, they're fully married. Then they get divorced. So now they're divorced. And then she, she remarries the husband. But that remarriage, which is done on, on her own, uh, which you've mentioned in the past, that she could, once uh, she's divorced, even if the father is alive, she could get married as a minor on her own. It's just a rabbinic marriage. It's recognized as a rabbinic marriage. Uh, so then they get married on a rabbinic level. So in that case, everybody agrees that if the husband passes away, they don't have any children, so you cannot do Yibam. Why can't you do Yibam? Why does everybody, in that, everybody agree in that case? Well, that case, on a biblical level, on a biblical level, they're viewed as divorced. And you're not allowed to marry your brother-in-law. If you're, the, if you're divorced, you can't marry your ex-husband's brother. It's still not allowed. So on a biblical level, there is no obligation here to do Yibam. But on a biblical level, there still is a prohibition to marry your brother-in-law. The only reason to do Yibam is on a rabbinic level because the next marriage was on a rabbinic level. So because the next marriage was on a rabbinic level, so then we'll say, oh, go ahead and do Yibam on a rabbinic level. But that's going to be... that, that'll, that'll be overrided by the fact that uh, the prohibition to marry your brother-in-law exists on a biblical level. There's no obligation to do Yibam on a biblical level. All there is is this prohibition to marry your brother-in-law 
on a biblical level. So then everybody's going to agree in that case that in fact you cannot do yibam. You would have to do chalitza. The first two cases of the Mishnah, everything was on the same playing field. It was either all a biblical marriage, both the first and the second marriage were on a biblical level, or they were all a rabbinic marriage. The first marriage and the second marriage was on a rabbinic level. This last case is very different because the first marriage, which then ended in a divorce, was on a biblical level, and then when they remarried, that was only on a rabbinic level, and so that's what makes this case uh, different. Okay, so says the Gemara, the Gemara wants to know, what is the logic behind Rabbi Lazar? Omar Eifa, my time is Rabbi Lazar. What's the logic behind Rabbi Lazar? In the first two cases, to say that if they got divorced, so then, and then they remarried, that you're not allowed to do Yibam. So first, the Gemara wants to suggest as follows. The reason is, is because it's true, even though they got remarried, but there was a point in time after their first marriage where they got divorced, and when they got divorced, at the point in time when they got divorced, there is absolutely no opportunity to do Yibam. At the point in time, while they're divorced, if the husband were to die while they're divorced, certainly, obviously, there's no Yibam because they're divorced. So the point of Rebbe Lazar, this is a unique opinion, that since that there was some point in time, even before the husband died, but there was some point in time after the marriage, before the husband died, where there's no opportunity to do Yibam here, because if the husband were to die at that point in time, we would say, no, there is no Yibam here. So since there's one point in time where they're not allowed to do Yibam, we say that that continues to exist forever. Continue to, to exist forever, even if they get remarried, you cannot do Yibam, because there was one point in time where it was not allowed, so then it stays. If that's the case, if there's no concept of Yibam at one point in time, if this is the case, so then you shouldn't even require Chalitza. Because this idea is saying that they're, they're, you're not even in the context of Yibam. Since at one point in time you're not in the context of Yibam, so then there's never Yibam. So then there shouldn't be Chalitza either. And we know that uh, according to Rabbi Lazar, you would have to do Chalitza. So this can't be the reason. So rather, the Gemara says, with an Eifa, he doesn't know what the reason is. And some of the commentators explain, it's not that he, he just throws up his hands in the air and doesn't really know any reason. But as the Gemara will explain, there's different reasons that are given. He doesn't know which one is the real reason. Which one exactly is the real reason. So, says the Gemara, Omar Abaye, what's the reason for Rebbe Lazar? Hi, new times, Rebbe Lazar. Answer of Abaye is that Rabbi Lazar is not sure. Again, this is a case where they got married, they got divorced, and then they got remarried. So do we sort of determine, and there's a lot on this topic which we can't get into, but do we determine uh, the whether or not they have the ability to do Yibam at the point of the death of the husband, or does it already begin from the original marriage? If it begins at the point of death of the husband, so then let them go ahead and do Yibam, because at that point in time they were remarried, everything is fine to do Yibam. If it's from the point of their original marriage, so then yes, so then there was a point in time where they couldn't do Yibam, i.e. when they were divorced. There was no opportunity to do Yibam, so that continues to exist. So Rabbi Lazar wasn't sure what the halach is, since he wasn't sure what the halach is, so what the law is. So therefore we say, out of concern and uh, being careful, so we say, do chalitza. You're not allowed to do yibam, but do chalitza. That is the answer of Abaye. Next answer. Rava Amar. No, that's not the reason. Really, Rabbi Lazar holds 
that it goes based on the death of the husband, then from that perspective, you could go ahead and do Yibam. What's the question here? What's the concern here? The concern here is that the cases where they got remarried. So maybe we're concerned that maybe people will know that they got divorced, but they won't know that they got remarried. And if they know they got divorced and they didn't get remarried, so then if all they did was get divorced, so then certainly they can't do Yibam if they never got remarried. The Gemara says, so therefore you would have to do chalitza out of that concern that most a lot of people won't know that they got remarried. The Gemara says, why wouldn't you know that you got remarried? Adraba, Chazar came to Yasutusa, he's like, Milo Askinon, the Hadra, Borsa, Vishachov, Safra. The Gemara says that there's more of a, it's more public when a person gets married. They're living together, they're in the same house. That is more of a, uh, the public knows more about that than divorce. Why would you assume that people know about the divorce, but they don't know about the, the, them getting married again? So the Gemara answer is no, it's out of this concern that it's talking about a case, not that this is the case, but it might lead to a certain case, albeit it's, uh, it's while it's true that this case is uh, pretty rare, it's a case where they got, they were married, they got divorced, they got remarried, and then they got remarried for a very short amount of time, let's say overnight, he passes away, so then people don't know that they were actually remarried. It was only for such a very short amount of time. And because of that case, we're going to say in all cases that you would have to do chalitza and not do yibum. And that is the logic of Rabbi Lazar. Again, the first opinion argues. The first opinion argues in Rabbi Lazar and says, no, you certainly could do yibum. But Rabbi Lazar is of the opinion that because of that case, you cannot do yibum and you'd have to do chalitza. That is Rabbi. Comes the next answer, Rabbi Ashi. Rabbi Ashi, Amar, high new time of Rabbi Lazar. What's the reason for a Belazar? Well, it's all internal within our Mishnah. This is the reason. The reason behind a Belazar is that everybody agrees. This is what we mentioned in the Mishnah. Everybody agrees that marriage, divorce, remarried... That is a question, but if it's while she gets married by her father, which is a biblical marriage, and then gets divorced, and then remarries on a rabbinic level to the same man, so everybody agrees, that was the last case of the Mishnah, that she cannot do Yibam. She has to do Chalitza, because on a biblical level, there is no Yibam here. It's not recognized as a marriage on a biblical level. At the same time, there's a prohibition to marry on a biblical level, because it's your brother-in-law. Even though uh, it's your ex-husband, but it's still your brother-in-law, even at, right? and there still is a prohibition. So therefore, everybody agrees in that case. So Rabbi Lazar is going to say that he'll make a decree that uh, every marriage, every scenario, even if it's not that specific scenario where the father married her off as a minor, then they got divorced, and then they remarried, even if it's not that case, even if it's just a regular case where they're adults, and they get married and divorced and married, because of that case, and we don't want want to get confused, so therefore we'll say that... um, uh, that you'd always have to do chalitza there, you can never do yibam. And the Gemara wants to bring a proof to this idea, there's a b'risa in support of Rav Ashi. What does the b'risa say? The Chachamim agreed to Rav Lazar in the last case of the Mishnah, uh, they agree, everybody agrees that you cannot do Yibam in a case where the father marries her off, biblical marriage, they get divorced, then she remarries him, where now it's a rabbinic marriage, it's only recognized on a rabbinic level, 
It's not a, it's not a completely new marriage on a biblical level. It's not recognized on a biblical level. So in that case, you would have to do chalitza. You can't do yibum because on a biblical level, there is no opportunity for yibum here, and there is a prohibition to marry your brother-in-law. The Gemara says, "B'med v'ramemurim kishe girshak shikitana v'zirik shikitana avol girshak shikitana v'zirik shikidol yinam v'zirik shikitana v'gad la'etzlo v'meis ochalatzas omisev ames the chachamim are of the opinion." Again, this is like the first opinion of the Mishnah that if it's any other case, if it's let's say they're adults. Or she was originally married as, as a minor and then she became older and her second marriage to him is also on a biblical level because now she's already above the age of 12. So in all of the, those cases, they have the opinion that certainly you could do Yibim in those cases. There's no problem. But Rabbi Lazar argues, Mishim Rabbi Lazar, Amru Chaletzis Rabbi Lazar says, no, you would, you would have to do Chalitza. And the fact that it's all mentioned um, together, seems to imply that the logic behind Rabbi Lazar, similar to our Mishnah, is the idea that the reason why in every other case where it's just a regular marriage, they get divorced and they get married again, uh, that, and well, that's all on a biblical level, the reason why that you can't do even in that case is out of concern that you'll confuse it with the case where she gets married on a biblical level by her father as a minor, they get divorced, and then she remarries the same guy on a rabbinic level. Uh, people will not understand the difference, and uh, they, they'll they think that you could do Yibam, when in fact you can't. So Rebbe Lezer says, across the board, you'd have to do Chalitza. A few more lines here in this Gemara. Rava asks Rav Nachman, mahu. In, in these cases um, where they were married, they got divorced, and then they remarried, so you can't do Yibam uh, in that case. But what about the co-wife? What happens if there's a co-wife involved who is never divorced? What would be in that case if there was a, if there was a co-wife? Uh, could that co-wife do Yibam or not? So the Gemara wants to respond back. Rav Nachman responds back. The whole idea that she cannot uh, do Yibam is because of a Gezerah. It's because of a rabbinic decree saying, let's say, according to Ravashi, it's con- that you're going to confuse it uh, with another case, a pretty rare case where the father marries her off as a minor and then they get divorced and then she remarries and that's on a rabbinic level. The original was on a biblical level. Now, that itself is a, is, is a gzera, is a rabbinic decree. There's a concept that we don't make uh, one rabbinic decree upon another rabbinic decree. That's already going too far. To say the co-wife can't do yibam, that's already going too far. And so therefore we'll say that uh, it will be permissible for her to go ahead and do Yibam. That's what Rav Nachman wants to suggest, that the co-wife could do Yibam. The Gemara then says, oh, But Rav Lazar says, we have a bracelet where Rav Lazar says that, that she, the woman who got married, divorced, and then remarried the same guy, and her co-wife does Chalitza. So doesn't that imply that the co-wife has to do Chalitza? The Gemara says, No. Basically, says that you can't take that brisa literally, literally. You can't take it exactly literally because uh, if you take it literally, it means that she and her co-wife have to do chalitza. We know that both of them don't have to do chalitza. Uh, yeah, at best, it's either either one has to do chalitza, but we don't require both of them to do chalitza. 
We never require co-wives, both of them, to be involved. One does Yibam and it exempts the other one, or one does Chalitza, it exempts the other one. The fact that it says both of them means that we really have to do a little bit of explaining. And so how do we, one way of explaining it is to say either one could do Chalitza, that's true, and then you could prove from there that the co-wife has to do Chalitza, or once, once we're reinterpreting and sort of uh, explaining what this Bryce is exactly saying, we could say that she herself, she has to do Chalitza. Let's say according to Ravashi out of this rabbinic decree. But the co-wife, she could do whatever she wants. She could do chalitza or she could do yibam. There's no proof from that brisa because that brisa anyways cannot be taken literally. Okay, so that concludes uh, the Gemara to that Mishnah. We'll begin a, a new Mishnah in the next recording. Uh, but essentially, we dealt with the case of a person who gets married. A couple gets married, they get divorced, and then they get remarried. Uh, in the Mishnah, the first opinion, the Chachamim, the majority, they're of the opinion that uh, you could certainly could do Yibam. Rabbi Lazar said you couldn't do Yibam, and we gave uh, four different uh, reasons behind Rabbi Lazar. First, we gave Eifa, but he was then uh, rejected. And then we gave Abaye, who said he wasn't sure. Do we try to define the status based on when the original marriage took place or based on his death? Uh, so therefore, do Chalitza. Rabbi said that it's out of concern people will think that they're married. Uh, that, sorry, that they're divorced and they never got married. And therefore, you have to do chalitza. And then Ravashi says it's out of concern that you might confuse it with the case where her father marries her off when she's a minor, which is a biblical marriage, and then they get divorced and then they remarry, which is now a rabbinic marriage, where in that case, everybody agrees you cannot do yibam because on a biblical level, they're not allowed to get married and there's rec- yibam is not recognized. Um, however, uh, ha- ha- and therefore, sorry, and Rabbi Lazar says, therefore, uh, in all other cases also, we'll say that there's such a prohibition to do Yibam. Uh, but the Chachamim, the majority, disagree and say that no, in other cases, you could, in fact, do Yibam. Okay, we'll continue with the next Mishnah in the next recording.